Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real-life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Hi, I'm Connie, and welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. Today, I have a treat for you. Angel Tussie is going to share a little bit about her work and her life. And, you know, we're all excited by anything that says TV, right? Or anything that says internet or social media. And Angel's going to share with us not only about her work, but about her life and the things that have made a difference for her in her marriage. So welcome, Angel. Oh my gosh, Connie, thank you so much for having me. What an honor to be on a show called Extraordinary Marriage. I'm just, yeah, I'm tickled pink to be here. Well, you know, at first I thought, well, the Extraordinary Marriage podcast, everybody will think I have to have an extraordinary marriage to be on the Extraordinary Marriage podcast. But you know what? Everybody's marriage is extraordinary from time to time. And we want that to be most of the time, right? You know, I tell people I've been married for 30 years and probably 12 of them have been really happy. <laughs> like, you know, most of them have been really good. Actually, I should change that number from 12. I should up it because most of the years have been really happy. But we yeah, we tease it. It doesn't we didn't get here by accident. That's for sure. Well, you know, Angel, what I see happening often is that couples get married. We're like enchanted. Like we we think that person looks so good when we meet them or they have so much awesome personality. But what happens sometimes is that personalities change and we have a little uh, here's what I like to say. Everyone loves everything about that person whenever they first marry them. But sooner or later, they're going to start getting on each other's nerves. And what happens is personalities either can clash or they can also like crush or smush each other and they don't understand. And here's the biggest thing is that everybody has their own perspective. I mean, we don't mean to be selfish beings, but you know, you know, we can't help but think about ourselves. And so what happens is when we get married, we have to learn to think about that other person. Now, my mom taught me that. Connie, always think about the other person. And that's because I'm that person who gets excited or I'm in the moment. And it's not that I wouldn't forget, think about the other person, but I literally forget to think about those things. And as I've gotten older, of course, I've learned because we learn from our lessons, right? You bet. You bet. I would always say like those same things that attracted you in the beginning, as far as personality differences, you know, maybe they're more spontaneous or they're more organized or they're more outgoing or they, right. Those are the same things that irritate the heck out of us later on, right. Because it's so different from who we are, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating in the beginning. Well, actually, when you say more organized, I, I always think, cause I think about my own flaws, right. And um, I had challenge is with piles of paper, um, you know, getting all the dishes done, you know, in the sink. I think we know I'll do that when I feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like it for a couple of days. So I hope nobody thinks less of me for that. But, you know, there is the perfectionist who has everything in place. And, I, you know, I'm kind of jealous of them sometimes because um, they are regimented. They get everything done. Their day is planned. They work it like it's planned. And others of us get distracted here and there. But what I've learned is that everybody has something special about them. And we tend to focus on the things that 
we feel are bad about ourselves because we're hard on ourselves. Instead of focusing on what's working, and I was just talking to somebody yesterday and I call it the lack of, we see the lack of this and the lack of that, what Mm -hmm. they're not doing, what we want them to do. Instead of seeing the abundance, and that's the things that are working, we get blinded by the things that are negative. Negative things get more attention. And that brings me to the fact that you're in media. And that happens a lot, you know, whether it's a, a commercial or a, a, a new show on TV or a radio thing. So often they start out with that attention grabbing, crazy negative thing. But I want you today to tell us a little bit about you know, kind of who you are, your family, and uh, what you do for your business, because that leads right into your story. Oh, that would be wonderful. You're right. In media, we always say if it bleeds, it leads, right? It's always about sensationalism, and it is a lot of drama, right? The car wreck, the train wreck, the accidents. And I don't know why we're so fascinated by that as humans, but we really are. Maybe it just reminds us that somebody's got it worse, right, than we do on, you know, in our life. (laughs) Um, yeah, so a couple of things I did, I wanted to just address, like you had said, the lack of, um, I find like when I get, it's a dangerous slippery slope, right? If you start looking at your spouse or even, I mean, we do it to ourselves and that's, that's just one thing, but, um, I'll, you know, I'll start to notice something about Jay and, and I can find like, it would be really easy to just focus on that, the things that irritate me. Uh, but it, that is a dangerous place to be as a couple, right? And so really stopping myself and reminding myself of the good things and the things I do love. And um, and so I'll get into that a little bit later. But I, yeah, I'm a media, a media PR specialist. My folks, my friends and my clients all call me a media matchmaker. And I think that just means I like bringing people together. I like being a connector, uh, building relationships, building community, People are and friendships are really important to me. And and so I think even as a young as a young girl, I was just always the one that brought people together. Right. Um, I remember a New Year's Eve, a New Year's Eve where um, I had to pick right who which family I was going to babysit for for New Year's Eve. And, (laughs) you know, as a as a teenager, like this is an important decision. It's a big night for money. Right? Do Do you go with the family that you really love? But maybe they don't pay as well. Or do you go with the family that, you know, is going to be out all night and they're going to pay you more, but maybe the kids are a little, little tougher. Right. I mean, this is a big decision. (laughs) Right. So I had decided rather than pick one, I would babysit all of them and decided that we would just bring them all to my house. They'd have their sleeping bags and we'd have a whole new year's Eve party. And I'm, I just babysat for everybody. And so I've always been a one to many girl, right? Rather than just pick one, let's do many. And ending up in podcasting and broadcasting was very similar to that. Rather than go and do one-on-one sales calls and one-on-one meetings and one-on-one, all of, you know, growing my company, how can I get in front of many? So we started doing seminars. We started doing workshops where it was really uncommon uh, for that to be a, you know, everybody's doing one-on-ones, right? Trading cards, doing one-on-one messaging, one-on-one LinkedIn, like phone calls, call, like coffee meetings. And I decided I would start doing workshops. I actually called them in the beginning, my non-dinner dinner parties. Did your family ever do dinner parties? Like, like it's like so old fashioned, right? To have these dinner parties with 12 people, you know, and everybody's not boy, girl, boy, girl. So 
I wasn't around. I couldn't really pull off a dinner party, but people kept asking to have coffee, right? Let's have coffee. You're um, popular. They could trust you. That's why. If you got all those babysitting jobs, they could trust you. Yeah. So later on, right, when I'm growing my business and then I'm having all these coffee meetings, decided I can't just keep drinking coffee and having one-on-one meetings all the time. It's just not a productive business model. And so we ended up, I, you know, I didn't have coffee with you, Connie. And then Patsy'd come along and say, hey, do you want to have coffee this week? And I'd say, I'm already having coffee with Connie. Why don't you join us? Mm. And I would just start to stack up my coffee meetings until, you know, we had four or five, six people. And then as they grew, they turned into webinars or not webinars, workshops and seminars. And then that grew into a networking event. And I started, I started hosting a podcast and bringing people on so we could share their story with even more people. And my podcast got discovered by the local radio station, Mm. invited, invited me to become a radio talk show host. I'd never been in broadcasting. I had a fear of public speaking. I could do the coffee meetings, right? Where you're sitting around a table and, you know, even small workshops in a conference room. But I really had a fear of public speaking. I almost didn't graduate high school because I didn't pass. I couldn't pass my public speaking class. But my teacher gave me a D because I showed up. I embarrassed the heck out of myself. And so a D for effort. And I was allowed to graduate. So here I am being invited to be a radio talk show host. And I'll tell you, Connie, my very first day in the studio, I took my headphones off after that first broadcast. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be a radio talk show host. I can sit in a studio. We go to commercial break. It's just me and the producer. I've got my notes in front of me. I just thought this was the best thing in the world. And for the next 10 years, head down, focused on how do I build this out? We ended up becoming nationally syndicated winning, you know, award-winning, best talk show team, best morning show. And when I left broadcasting five years ago, I was hosting two daily back-to-back radio shows. I had a business talk show. And then in a six-minute commercial break, we switched studios. And I was hosting a Christian lifestyle show, talking to moms in minivans in the carpool lane. And so I just building on relationships, building on connection, knowing, you know, trying to get my message out one-to-many, it, it ended up in an amazing career. And so today what I do is I teach entrepreneurs how to leverage that same power of media, but now we're mostly focused on podcasting. I run one of the largest podcasting networking groups, um, online communities, and we help people get booked um, on top podcasts every single week in order to build their brand, become the number one authority in their niche, and to monetize that on the back end. Angel, you're in the perfect place because you are on the debuting seven first episodes of The Extraordinary Marriage. And I didn't even realize that, shamefully, I have to say, but I didn't realize that podcast was your main thing. I know you're in media and that kind of thing. And so, um, honestly, we came together today because I heard you on another podcast just a week or so telling your story. And I'm like, oh, she would be so perfect. And so that's that's how I reached out to you. But also you were on my summit a couple years ago. And so we had met there. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny when you get uh, mixed up with a webinar or that kind of thing or real life, because, you know, after uh, everybody being stuck at home for so long, this is what happens because we're online and then we're in real person and it gets a little bit confusing sometimes. 
It does. It does. And it is, it is amazing how the podcasting world has just really exploded and taken off. And it's especially after, after the pandemic, right, where everybody went home, right, social distancing, it really opened up the opportunity. People now super comfortable and familiar with just turning on their camera, turning on their microphone and, and connecting with people. So the, you know, I was in media, it was all about radio, television, magazines, podcasts, summits, but really in the last year, I had started this Facebook group and it took us, and that was in 2020, it took us about two years to get that group to 10,000 members. We started realizing how podcasting was such a great opportunity and started really focusing on that and building up the group and focusing more on podcasting specifically. We doubled in size in the next six months. And in and so in nine months, we went from 10,000 to 30,000 people in wow there's yes and we talk about being a guest on somebody's podcast in one of their first 10 episodes the benefit of being a guest because you're gonna go viral Connie I mean this is (laughs) people listen to a podcast they often listen to those first dozen episodes right the beginning so being a, a guest on a brand new podcast has so much opportunity and potential if you're in it for the long run And so that's one of the things we teach a combination of a brand new podcast versus and in addition to those top podcasts. But it's the combination that really that really elevates a brand and gets your message out there. I love it. All right. So I want to share first what podcast has done for me. And then I want to get started on, hey, why are we here? And that's about marriage, right? Okay. Well, for me on podcast, I started listening to uh, Brendan Bouchard on podcast and he was so full of energy and so inspiring. I found myself listening in the car. I might be listening in the kitchen while I was cooking. Um, I might even like tuck something, my phone in my pocket and be listening with headphones while I was doing my house cleaning and chores and that kind of stuff. But every time I would hop in the car, uh, you know, that podcast uh, would from like Spotify would jump back into my radio because I had it on, you know, the right source, the right place. And so in my car, I would be inspired. And uh, I was in, uh, I was uh, with Mary Kay Cosmetics as a sales director for many years. And they got me started listening to things that elevate our mind, teach us, we become better leaders, we become better uh, parents, we become better, better people in our marriage from listening to inspiring things and realizing that we are all people. We have our faults and we have our excellence. And often, you know, as women, whether at home with kids or whether you're out in the workforce, we are hard on ourselves. We use tough, mean words to ourselves. I say, you know, if somebody talked to you the way you talk to you, (laughs) <laughs> would you be their friend? No way. No and way. you know, for me, that would be no. So why do I do that? I don't talk to anyone else that way. I would never dream of it. So podcast, finding that podcast, whether you're training and learning something or whether you just need to feel good or uh, help your marriage or help your parenting skills. Or uh, my daughter was talking about something that she was listening to that talked about organization. And, you know, what are you into, right? You can find a podcast for that. You can find a podcast for everything. When I started this Facebook group, 
And, you know, a lot of what we do is in business and marketing and um, startup companies helping seven, you know, six and seven figure businesses grow. So a lot of it's around business and entrepreneurship, but there's so many topics out there and the gamut, everything from aliens to (laughs) astronomy. I mean, it is, it is the whole thing. So, and and I just think it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful time to express yourself. My husband and I, we met in the Amway business. So we used to listen to tapes every single week. We were on this tape subscription with those same inspiring, motivational, encouraging, you know, wisdom. And that was a big, a big piece of our personal development. I'd never, I didn't know anything about personal development before that, but we were reading books. Mm-hmm. We were listening to tapes. We were going to workshops. And so podcasts, I mean, really it is, like you said, you take it on the go, it's with you wherever. And 80% of, of listeners who pick up a podcast, even if they put it back down, they'll pick it back up and finish the entire episode. 40 million new podcast listeners just in this last year alone. So that's a great big audience. It's a great big opportunity for anybody who has a message, who wants to share their story, to to leverage the the power of podcasting, we encourage you to go and be a guest on other people's podcasts. I love that. You're a guest every week on somebody else's show. Think about the impact. Like as small business owners and entrepreneurs, our biggest struggle is we're not in front of enough of the right people and getting Mm -hmm. our message out. And podcasting really opens that door. They're easy to find. They're easy to get booked on. There's so many opportunities. And there's a the, the audience that listens is a really rich market for, for anything that you really want to offer and sell at the end of it. So we, we put all our eggs in that basket about six months ago. We launched a brand new program. Um, I work from home. My husband's retired. So it's a really exciting time to You're really- You're too young for that. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, you are. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, we spent all this weekend, you're talking about extraordinary marriages. Um, this you know particular month, we're in September, 2023, when this is being recorded. Every single weekend, we have had a wedding. Every single weekend this month, we had uh, two nieces. We had, let's see, it was Alex. It was Katie. It was Ryan a nephew and Jeff's and a friend. So every single weekend. So I'm loving that people are getting married, right? They're, they're dedicating their lives to their partner, which is really beautiful. Cause I feel like I haven't gone to a wedding in years, but we are now the old couple at the, we're the old aunt and uncle at these weddings, Connie. And it's, it's kind of funny to be in that next generation of tier when you're going to your nieces and nephews weddings. Well, you know, for me, we learn through lifetime. Either we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. Somebody I was sitting by the other night said, um, I mentioned the extraordinary marriage and they said, oh yeah, well, it took me three times, but I got it right now. Oh, Al. So whenever I hear about people getting married, I think they need to talk to me. I need to do, you know, I focus on marriages, people who are already married, but really people need to learn the stuff that I teach before they get married so they can understand, but they still won't understand until they actually step into those shoes, you know, and go there. Right. Right. I mean, and like you said, in the beginning, we're in love. It's fascinating. It's all new and exciting. And, you know, as soon as life starts, you know, real life kicks in, life doesn't get easier, right? You get stronger. Same with your marriage. Your marriage doesn't get easier. It gets stronger and you're able to withstand the challenges that come, whether that's with raising children, economics, you know, personality issues, all of that. And so 
it's what are we doing every day to strengthen our marriage? Not just not just get through it because honestly, Jay and I, we've had, we've had our troubles. We've had our trials. We've had years. We didn't think we were going to stay together. Um, but now here we are 30 years and we're it's like probably the happiest we've ever been in our marriage. We're the closest we've ever been in our marriage. And, but, you know, we really had to work on it. I think to get here, to strengthen that, that relationship. Well, I hear the word um, that we had to work on it and um, that we stuck to it. And this is something that happens these days. People, uh, you know, whatever we practice and we do is really who we are. And sometimes people don't have that example in their life that teaches them to follow through with what they said. Keep your word. Um, you know what? When the going gets rough, the tough get going. And, you know, we don't if you don't have that exemplified in your life, you don't even know how to do those kind of things. And uh, somebody uh, had a. Uh, uh, was in a Facebook group and they had put me a message on there and it said, you know, tell us how to get along when there's stress and conflict. And yeah, because when there's stress and conflict, we usually fuel the fire somehow instead of uh, taming the fire. But let me ask you this. So tell us how you met your husband, how you guys met. How did, how did I meet Jay? Uh, so Jay and I met at, at well, we kind of had a couple different things kind of grab us and pull us together. Um, we had both been invited to an Amway meeting. Um, his sister brought him, my parents brought me. And so we had just been introduced at, at an Amway meeting. And then at the same time, kind of the that group was also part of a brand new church plant. And so they were planting a brand new church. And we were both invited to the first Sunday um, service. And so it was all kind of like in the same time frame. Mix in Amway and church. <laughs> Amway and church, right? right. Um, and so uh, so we had just kind of just been thrown together just a couple of times and been introduced a few, a few times. And so it, it was in a church environment. It was in a business environment. It wasn't like a dating, a dating scene. So we just, we just were introduced to each other and we ran into each other like two or three times. I actually had a boyfriend at the time, so there was no, uh, there was no real dating. So we just hung out and we were friends. And then his, um, I broke up with my boyfriend, his sister was getting married and he invited me to be his date at his sister's wedding. Cause he couldn't go. He was, um, the oldest son, like, I have to have a date at my sister's wedding. Will you just come? That was a good excuse, right? It was a good excuse. <laughs> he showed up to pick me up wearing a tuxedo and yeah. And then my heart just melt and melted. And so that was our first date was his sister's wedding. And uh, yeah, we've been together ever since. So how quick did you guys start having your kids? Sometimes people wait these days and have kids in their thirties, but um, so if you don't mind, tell us how old you were when you got married and then how quick you started having kids. Cause they, they kind of change everything. They do. They do. So, uh, this is, um, not for the faint of heart. Um, for those of you who are listening, um, I was, I was pregnant before we were married. I bet so. that's the first time that ever happened. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we got engaged in, in October and we were going to have a very long, a very long engagement, but I ended up getting pregnant in December. And so we pushed the wedding up to April. And by July, we had twin baby girls who came three months early. So we had babies 
three months after after we were we were married. So two babies. Now <laughs> the story yes. starts to get thick. Not yeah. one baby, but two babies. Two babies. And you're yes. just getting married. And just married. And of course they were preemies. So they came really uh, quick. And yeah, so it was it was kind of like, all right, here we go. And, you know, I could tell you that once kids start coming along, it's like they take all the attention. And sometimes, you know, that lovey-dovey that you have for your spouse, you know, all of a sudden, who gets the lovey-dovey when that baby comes along? Baby gets all the lovey-dovey. <laughs> oh, babies did, right? Not just one baby, but two babies. And um, and so we actually, we moved in with my parents and so that they could help us out. Um, so we were also, he was living with his in-laws you know, so my parents were there. I had a teenager sister that was there. It was chaos. And, uh, and so we actually lived with them for, for our first couple of years of, of being married. And then, uh, and then Michael came along four years later and, um, and, and what's amazing, Connie is our three children all work at Disney world. It's why we moved from Denver to Florida is to be close to them. They all three bought a house together and they all three live together in this house that they bought. They're all single at the moment. So um, you're talking currently now, right? Right? Grown kids. They're they're super close. And we, we see that we see them all the time and yeah, we're, we, we made, we managed, right. We managed to make it work, even though it was pretty chaotic in the, in the beginning. So where did you live before? Cause you're in Florida. I'm in Florida now. Uh, we moved to Orlando uh, during the pandemic, and but we lived in Colorado, raised our kids. We lived in the same house for 20 years. I grew up, my dad was in the Navy. We moved every six to nine months. Mm. And so it was like, I'm so, you know, Jay's family was pretty settled. Everybody lived in, in the same county. We, we moved several times like early on, but then we finally landed at a house. Michael was two, the girls were six. And we lived in that same house for 21 years. Awesome. And that is one of the things when our kids grow up, you know, the old empty nest syndrome that we have, sometimes they come back and live with us for a little while and then they're out again. But every time those kind of things happen, it's like literally there's a shift in life and a change in life. And and it's like we have to be able to shift when needed. And sometimes we have to be understanding of our spouses, too, whenever it's needed because they have some kind of something or stress going on in their life. Well, tell me this, as I talk about stress, what do you consider to be the biggest challenges, maybe, you know, for your own marriage and for other marriages that you see, but what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that marriages have today? Oh, I'm sure it's, it's anything about communication, right? Like what I say and what you hear are not the same thing or what he said and I heard, right? Um, where I'm not getting enough communication or he feels like I'm smothering him, right? Because I'm nagging him. I'm sure it all has to do around communication. And so one of the things that we had read early on was, um, I think it was Gary Smalley's book on love languages. Yes. And and so that just gave us a lot of insight into how, how each other ticks, like what lights them up and what irritates them the most. And so... Um, I discovered Jay's love language is acts of service. He loves doing things for people. Well, that's not my love language, right? Like I want gifts and I want you to say really nice things to me. Well, Jay's not a talker, right? That's not his thing, but he'll put gas in my car. He'll bring me coffee in the morning. He'll take care of the house. Like he's, he's a doer. 
So Connie, one of the things early on is I had to recognize that's Jay showing me how he loves me. And mm-hmm. I had to really, I, it became my love language, right? So I adopted that and recognized that's him showing he's, he might not be able to give it to me like the way I would have wanted it, but he is showing me in his way. And so I think that just early on recognizing what he was doing and receiving that because, you know, before that I would just dismiss it. I'm like, whatever, like he didn't do this and he didn't do that. Well, but he is doing these things. And that really, I think that just really changed our perspective around each other and in receiving their, their kindness and their love. So, so that was huge for us, right? Just understanding, understanding love languages, communicating. If I could jump in right there, because communication is what I do. And do you know that they say that money and communication are the top two reasons for divorce? The top two reasons people um, uh, can't be happy in their marriages. And I would say that when people start to understand just what you're talking about, their differences and how we perceive things differently, that literally some of the money problems, because you start to be able to work better together when you understand their why and their what. And I was talking to somebody the other day and literally they tended to ask their husband questions. Well, my husband is also a service oriented person, but he doesn't like me to ask questions. I ask questions so that I can clarify things. I'm not asking them in a way of, what's this and what's the, you know, but I'm just asking so I can clarify things, but he hates questions and uh, it is getting to know each other in those communication things. Like you said, because when he was doing it, your husband was doing acts of service. If you didn't say, wow, honey, thank you. And this was an important to him. He's thinking she doesn't appreciate me. You know, like, you know, we get all wimpy in it when it comes to love, right? We get wimpy. So communication is so important. But when we communicate different, sometimes we smash each other and we kill the joy for each other. We don't mean to, but that's what happens. So, all right. So communication, you can go ahead. Communication and and the money thing. I mean, when we were, when we were first married, we were, we were broke, right? We came in with lots of debt person, you know, he had his, I had mine together. We created it and yeah, we struggled financially and I think that could have really been a breaking point for us as well. We had a ton of support with our family and our church. And, um, you know, we were, we had, we were in the Amway business, which taught us about being entrepreneurs. It taught us about being debt-free, um, residual income, you know, some of the basics and fundamentals for, for financial success and legacy that we just didn't have any history of. Mm-hmm. And so being around people that, could help us in that space. Like I said, listening to tapes and reading books and being in that environment really just shifted us around money um, and our concept of money. And, and, and so, yeah, money, get your money thing, right. Cause you're right. That's a, we have to be on the same page. I remember coming home from the grocery store and Jay flipping out because I spent $3 on Dixie cups. Right. And he's like, you're nickel and diming us. And so it turned into every week then I was like, then come with me, right? You think it's easy, right? We, I was snarky, but we started <laughs> started dating. We would go to the grocery store, we'd get a coffee, we'd leave the kids at home, we'd talk, and it turned into a weekly routine for us. It started as an issue over how much I was spending at the grocery store, but it turned into a time for us to communicate, to spend time together, just the two of us, and and to talk about money. And, and so- 
we did that for years and years, every Sunday. And the kids just knew that was date time for mommy and daddy. And we'd come home with groceries for them. And, so. and that's why you made it because you did, you, you took a time that you had, somebody had to get groceries and you did it together. And that's what, that's probably what kept you together. That one little thing, that piece of little piece of glue, but you know, money being one of the big problems for couples, some people are savers, some are spenders, you know, you get the paycheck and you spend it. Oh, I got my paycheck today. Boom. It's gone, you know, and the bill's got to get paid and that kind of thing. And so um, for my husband and I, as we got married, um, I was the hold it tight budget person because, you know, we learned that from our parents. My dad was like that. So I held it tight and I was always penny pension. So I would have been your husband in, in that. Yeah. But uh, something that I learned that I want to share is that at a Mary Kay uh, uh, leadership conference, we had Susie Ormond came okay. and she was talking and, you know, we hear so many things, but we remember that thing that changes our thought processes and it shifts us into another place. And she said, you know, you can hold your money really tight in your hand, but when it's held really tight, yeah, nothing slips out, but nothing comes in either. And yeah. that you have to open your hand and let go a little bit to be a little freer, more giving, more loving in that way. And as you open your hand, as you let it go, you'll also have some come in. And the other day I thought about the analogy of that. Sometimes people in their marriages are a tight rosebud and they're protecting themselves and they don't want to open up because then they're unprotected. But when they won't open up and talk, and there's actually a particular personality style that just doesn't talk. They, they just can't tell you how they feel where others of us, my husband knows always how I feel. And <laughs> actually, if I'm not saying anything, he's like, is everything okay? And is then he'll be looking at me in the car and he says, what are you thinking? Because evidently it pops all over my face, whatever I'm thinking just comes out all over the place. But if you don't open up your hand and, and allow that love to flow to the other person, first, they don't feel, they don't know how you love them if you don't tell them. And if you don't share your life and be a little more open, they feel closed out. Are you hiding something, you know? And these are the thoughts that people have. So, all right. So we got communication and we got money. So challenges. Oh, my challenges are marriage. Well, you know what? If you have a, a challenge that you would like to share, you think it would help other people because, you know, we all have our ups and downs. There's lots of marriages that um, are on the rocks. And just like my friend yesterday who said, oh, it took me three times, but I did get it right. You know, like we learn from things. And so you can go ahead and share. You know, I think that what it scared me as Jay and I were, were getting to, you know, later on in our marriage, because a lot of couples would get to that empty nester phase where the kids moved out and they realized they they didn't have anything holding them together. And I remember Michael was, um, it was the summer before he became a senior in high school and Jay and I were in the car together and, and and I think we had just found out another couple of our friends were getting a divorce. Mm. And I thought we have got to figure this out because if we don't do something now, we're, we're going to be on that same path, right? We have, kind of have our own hobbies. We kind of have our own lives. It's the, the kids are the glue holding us together. We're mm -hmm. really just kind of more roommates, right? And buddies than, than intimate partners. And 
And so we decided to really start focusing on our, on our marriage and on each other and start dating and, and communicating with each other. But it was an intentional, like we had better do something because we are on this path. Not that anything negative or bad, it was just, we had drifted. And so we, you know, read magazines, we did seminar, like we did just stuff to bring us, to bring us back together. And then a few years later, you know, Michael was able to move out, the kids were gone. And I had an opportunity to travel as a public speaker. Mm -hmm. And Jay came with me. And had we not been working on our marriage prior to that, I don't know if I would have wanted him to be my traveling buddy. Right. But it ended up being this really great season. The kids were gone. Now we're traveling together. It was exciting. You know, when you travel, you really are dependent on that other person for because, um, you know, everything's unknown. We don't know where we're going. We don't have a routine. We don't know where we're staying. We don't want to be fussing. <laughs> yes. Right. And so it really like had we not laid that foundation when that opportunity came, I would have gone off and left him. I'd have had my own life. And I really think that 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 would have just there would have been a reason to stay married. But because we'd worked on it, because we were close, then we started traveling. And, you know, we were just, yeah, we just had the time of our lives and we were just having a lot of fun. So I think just looking for warning signs and being willing to to admit to each other, like we're we're on that path. And we get it. We get to make a choice. Do we want to stay married and do we want to fix it? And the other thing is also, you know, not every marriage works out, right? And it's okay. I don't know if that's your philosophy, but my thought is I, I loved you deeply at some point. And I would like to think that if we decided we didn't want to be married anymore, that we could do it amicably, right? That we could, before it got ugly, before we were fighting, before we're saying and doing things we would regret, Let's just be adults. And I read a book called um, Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Mm. And I read it when I was leaving a business partnership, but it talked about that we just don't end things well. We get to a point where we're just mean and frustrated because we stay too long. And while I would love to say that every marriage, right, happily ever after till death do us part, but if but rather than get to a place where you're just mean and feisty, if you just know that, like make a decision. Do I want to stay with you? And if so, fix it. And if not, then let's just be adults and and be go nice. out of it. Go out of it lovingly. Because remember, like, yeah, he's the love of my life. And at some point he was. And and if it's if he's not anymore, it's your fault, right? Like, like you decided that. And it's a two-way street. You not one person gets to the end of a marriage. You you guys got there together. And that's where Jay and I, we did that. We got there and we decided. And so we've had two different times where we've had to kind of reset. But one time was ugly and one time was better. And, and before it gets icky, like, let's just make a decision together. Um, I, don't, I don't know, I'm rambling now, but 
Well, you know, Angel, I want to like interstate in that area because one thing that I have found for couples is that when it gets ugly and when there's conflict, there's usually stress. There might be something from your family background that you haven't ever taken time to take care of. But see, you and your husband stopped, thought about it, and somebody initiated and somebody followed and like y'all, y'all work together on that, but everybody doesn't get that. But literally our attitude, our attitude, even if we have a good attitude today, you know, if somebody comes in, that husband comes in and he's in a bad mood and he's stressed and he's fussy, uh, he's not nice or he's yelling or whatever's going on. Guess what? How many, how many of you out there actually keep a good attitude? Because when things are rough and nasty, we change. And what happens is day after day, if you have that kind of change, then your attitude changes. I mean, I know mine does. Sure, and yeah. so I realized that if I, my husband's very easygoing, but I realize in these latter years, I've been married 44 years, um, that if he's fussy and he's not as friendly and he's not as nice, then I start not being as nice either. So we have to watch our own attitude. Yeah, so, sure. well, we're coming to an end here, but I want to give you, first of all, a code word for um, angel. And the reason for this is in this seven first seven episodes, um, there are three ways to win. So I have three different kind of prizes and three ways to win. So when you watch all seven episodes in November, that's my launch date. There's a code word in every single episode and you can email me the code words, all seven of them. You could do one at a time, but it would be better if you did all seven at once <laughs> to Connie at the extraordinary marriage. And I like to joke about this because I'm not the best speller sometimes. So I always have to go the extraordinary marriage. That's how I have to think every time I write that in order to get it. So Connie at the extraordinary marriage.com. Now, everybody who enters for the drawing will uh, go into a drawing for my online course. And it is called discovering work and family dynamics. Um, then the first seven people who enter with all seven of those will get my 10 days to a happier, healthier marriage. It's where you actually get one email 10 days in a row. You know, I, it, it takes time to build habits. You know, we, I forget what I learned sometimes, you know, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I forget what I learned yesterday that was really important. So it takes 10 days of a little bit to learn. And then the, the, First person to email me all seven of those is going to get a free hour of coaching and you can tell me your challenges and your stuff and, and I'll give you some loose, some solutions in that. So Angel's code word is two words, get seen. Mm. I wonder why that would be. So her code is get seen. All right. So Angel take us out. You got a last word and tell us how we can also get in touch with you if we're in business or we, we need to get seen. I love it. I love it. Well, everybody in business needs more visibility, more traffic. And so we've created a free Facebook group that is a, an incredible community. If you're looking for, uh, I mean, if, if you want to be a guest, it's an incredible place or even to find great podcasts you want to listen to. It's a great resource. It's called Need a Guest on Facebook. You can get there by going to needaguest.com. 
And for your business owners who want help getting booked on more podcasts, they can join our program at getpremiumforfree.com, getpremiumforfree.com, puts them into our community, gives you lots of great resources, access to top podcast directories, are our top podcast directory and top podcasters. And yeah, it's an incredible, it's just an incredible time. Go and, and be seen, save your marriage, save your business and uh, yeah, and get started today. So getpremiumforfree.com will register you or you can just sign up and follow us on Facebook. All right, so I'm Connie, this is Angel and we thank you for watching today. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.